This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Get $750 cash towards the lease of our 2024 NX350 all-wheel drive. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details. Restrictions apply. Not all customers will qualify. Offer available in the Lexus Eastern area and April 1st, 2024. Today's episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Locked on Phillies podcast. Today is Friday, March 19th, 2021. I am your host, Dan Wilson, recent Temple Media School graduate, lifelong Philadelphia Phillies fan, Dan Wilson, that is. And on today's episode, a number of things to get to. been a while since I've kind of just monologued here uh, on an episode and recapped what's going on in spring training. As if you can believe it, we are now less than two weeks away from opening day. And there's a number of things to get to, including some starting pitching injuries to Zach Eflin and Spencer Howard, some updated stats and what I've thought about the games that have been played in spring training thus far, the updated center field battle that I, you know, I was discussing that with Tim Kelly and a variety of my other guests so far this past week and in previous weeks about how this opening day lineup is going to shake up. Will we see JT Real Muto opening day? So there's a number of storylines revolving around this team right now. I didn't even talk about the back end of the starting rotation and how Matt Moore has looked very, very good. Certainly a concern of mine. We'll see how that plays over the course of the season. But I wanted to start today with what I believe, and I think most would agree, is the biggest storyline of the 2021 season. For the 2021 season, the biggest storyline for the Philadelphia Phillies has to, has to be the bullpen. Because you're coming off a year in 2020 in a 60-game season where the ERA was over 7, the worst bullpen in all of the major leagues. The worst bullpen in all of the major leagues and the worst bullpen in major league history in 90 years, since the 1930 Phillies. That's how far back you have to go to get relief pitching that was that bad. And I could beat a dead horse and I could talk time and time again about how bad it was and how many games they blew and how they still fell a game short of an expanded playoff system. But I'm looking at this team now, and I'm looking at the arms that they have out in the bullpen now, whether it be Archie Bradley, whether it be Jose Alvarado, whether it be Sam Coonrod, whether it be guys like Tony Watson and Brandon Kinsler, whether it be a new and improved Jojo Romero or Connor Brogdon, who showed some good things at the end of last year. This bullpen, as it stands right now, on paper, and I've said it if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, is miles ahead of where it was last season. I think it ultimately speaks to the fact, and again, we will see over the course of the regular season how this actually plays out. This team has not proven anything yet. Just because you look good in spring training, and just because Jose Alvarado has not allowed a run yet in spring training, just because Connor Brogdon has not allowed a run yet, and a run yet, in spring training, and Brandon Kinsler has a zero, zero ERA in spring training and minimal work, and again, they're facing a number of minor league hitters in these lineups, and they're facing the same four or five teams over and over again, whether it be the Tigers, the Pirates, the Yankees, the Orioles, whatever the case may be. These guys have looked good, and especially Alvarado has looked really, really good, not just in their stuff, but in their velocity, 
in their command of the strike zone, and frankly just taking on a totally different approach to the point where you can't even believe that this bullpen, they might be wearing Phillies jerseys, and the relievers might have been wearing Phillies jerseys last year, but it feels like that's the only thing they have in common. And it didn't take that long to get to this point. And ultimately, I think, to it, I think it speaks to a broader issue or lack thereof one, which is that as bad as it was, I don't think the problem was ever as hard to fix as we all thought it was. Dave Dombrowski has basically not assembled, you know, a pack of a, a, a pack of relievers that is going to come out and give you five innings every night. I don't think that's a fair expectation, but I think he has put together a bullpen that certainly would have played well over the course of last season, would have got them to the postseason, and has put together a bullpen this year that is good enough for uh, good enough for them to contend and potentially compete for a legitimate playoff spot down the stretch of the season, barring things like injuries, barring things like a decrease in performance, which they're going to go through struggles. But in one offseason, the vibe and the way that this bullpen is talked about and the potential that is coming out in relief every single game, every time that bullpen door at Citizens Bank Park or whatever stadium they're playing at swings open, feels like an entire 180 from where this team was a year ago. And I relate it to other things in Philadelphia sports. You know, I think we oftentimes overreact to how unfixable things in sports are. If you think back, if you're a basketball fan, you think back to the bubble last year with the Sixers and it seemed like that team was nowhere close to competing for anything, getting swept out in the first round by the Boston Celtics. And then they sit here at the All-Star break and they sit here right now in mid, almost late March, with the best record, tied for the best record in the Eastern Conference. And of course, they've been missing their best player in Joel Embiid the past few games. You take a look at a sport like the NFL, where there's constant turnover, and everyone thinks the Eagles are down really, really bad right now and can't possibly get out of this rut. Teams who are bad fix it very quickly all the time. And in baseball, it can be harder to do that, because a lot of it is based upon your farm system and sustained success with younger talent. But the bullpen if anything, is the exception to that. Bullpen arms fly around the league year in and year out. One-year deals, constantly a revolving door, hardly stay in one spot unless you're someone like a Aroldis Chapman or a mainstay anchor, set-up guy, closer type, who is assuming the role long-term within one organization. This team, with its acquisitions this offseason, with hopefully strides, from guys like Brogdon and Romero, who were on this team a year ago, with a new pitching coach, with a new philosophy on the sport, from the front office down, has totally gotten me to the point where I tweeted the other day that I'm actually excited to watch this bullpen. Be careful what you wish for. Very fair. A very fair response to that declaration that I made publicly no more than 48 hours ago. But I am, at the very least, intrigued to see what the Phillies can get out of these relievers. Because it can't possibly, in my mind's eye, cannot possibly be worse than it was a season ago. And on the other side of the break, I'm going to go through what we've seen thus far in spring training and what I think realistic expectations are over the course of 162 games. But I'm excited. I'm excited to watch this Phillies bullpen take a step forward. I'm excited to see what kind of step forward that is. 
whether it's to the twenty uh, the 29th best bullpen in baseball, I've been saying, would have been good enough to get in the playoffs last year. This year, you're probably going to need a bigger step than that. You, you don't want to settle for mediocrity. But I think this team and this bullpen is competitive enough to compete. And I will say it right now on March 19th, competitive enough to compete based upon one offseason and an entire 180 and a philosophy of getting guys who can throw hard, trying to maximize these guys' potential, and get this team over the course of 162 games some serious help so that when this offense, who was tied for top five in runs a year ago, gets a lead, it might actually be held down once in a while. On the other side of the break, again, going to discuss some specific stats of what we've seen in spring training, uh, as well as some other stuff. But first, I want to tell you about my friends at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all of the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his or her computer, choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and the do-it-yourselfers. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible, rather than changing the prices based on what the market will bear, just like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody, does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business, serving auto parts customers online for more than 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car will ever need. It's RockAuto.com. What's up, everyone? Dan Wilson here from the Locked On Phillies podcast, here to tell you about another podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network that you are sure to enjoy. It is the Locked On Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in less than 20 minutes with Locked On Today. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I said I wanted to go specifically into some of the numbers of just kind of how good this bullpen has been, and I was reading an article by Bob Brookover in the Philadelphia Inquirer. Now, this was a, as of Monday, and these numbers have changed a little bit since as JoJo Romero and it was Tony Watson who had bad outings the other day. But I'm sitting here calculating some of the stats, and sometimes it can be hard to sort just by bullpen guys. But the nine guys we're looking at right here are essentially the relievers of what I would say is the projected bullpen opening day. There's been some debates as to whether Spencer Howard would be in the bullpen versus the AAA site versus will he see time as the start of this year. Same thing with Vince Velasquez. Now he's out of options, so you actually heard Tim Kelly on the podcast yesterday say he wouldn't be surprised if maybe they try and trade him to get some of these guys up into the bullpen and by the opening day roster and they need spots in the 40-man, so they would try and send Velasquez elsewhere. So maybe some roster man manipulation, rather, still here to go. But let's say for now that the relievers that, based upon what we've seen in camp thus far and what projections are indicating, let's go off the assumption that we're looking at Jose Alvarado, Archie Bradley, Hector Neris, Brandon Kinsler, Tony Watson, Connor Brogdon, Jojo Romero, David Hale, and Sam Coonrod. As of Monday, 
And that, at that point, there had been 14 Grapefruit League games played. And again, there were a few more. None, there wasn't one, or there were Grapefruit League games going on yesterday, but the Phillies did not play yesterday. They've, of course, played uh, every other day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and have another game coming up later here today. Those nine guys that I just mentioned had a combined ERA of 115. And again, this was before the bad outings from Romero and Watson, which were really the first really bad outings of the spring for any of these guys. They had a combined ERA just over one. That ERA still sets still sits below two. They've allowed they had allowed just four earned runs total, 19 hits in at that point 31 and a third innings, and striking out 31, walking just nine, and the names Alvarado, Bradley, Brogdon, Kinsler, and you take out Romero and Watson now Watson now, but those four still have not earned or allowed an earned run yet this spring. I think Jose Alvarado especially has kind of been the star of spring, throwing 99, pumping 100 at times. Got a nice little sinker there that he's been working in the mix. These are a pack of guys coming out of the bullpen that I highlighted all offseason and was highlighted anywhere. It wasn't just me. That a lot of it was based upon potential. And I'm not sitting here freaking out over what we've seen in spring. Again, a lot of minor league guys were victims to those strikeouts. A lot of minor league guys who, frankly, shouldn't be going up against major league arms. And we're going to have to see how this plays out over the course of a major league season. But I'm telling you, I'm intrigued, and I'm excited to watch this bullpen that was assembled based upon potential, assembled based upon hard throwers, and guys who, based upon the sample size we have here in spring, are flat out getting the job done. I mean, there's not just one guy who you can go to late in the game. There's not just two guys. There's a handful of guys that Joe Girardi can go to, and however the the roles decide to play themselves out, I think we all assume that Archie Bradley will be the closer for this team when camp breaks. But let's say he struggles at some point. Maybe you go back to a guy like Hector Neris, which will dry, draw eye rolls from some. But the bottom line is that Hector Neris has shown some good things, I'll say at least, this spring. His ERA is actually 386 right now. It's been some one of the worst of the bunch. But we know that when his splitter is on, when his stuff is working, he can sh- show effectiveness to get outs. And really, that's kind of a slanted number that I just gave you anyway because he's had some good outings, some bad outings, small sample size. So it does work both ways. And I get that. I acknowledge that. But watching some of the clips, and we saw it in Tampa, now in Clearwater with the Phillies, how good Alvarado can be. We know that a guy like Sam Coonrod, who was not good a season ago, but has the potential to be good. This is a team I'm excited to watch. This is a bullpen I'm excited to watch. This is a group of relievers that I have some semblance of confidence in to take a major step from where they were a season ago. A major step. And I don't think that expectation is unrealistic. Now, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Maybe I'm looking at the potential of what these guys could be, not ultimately what they will be. And maybe I'm not... Look, I'll be the first to admit, I know that at some point in the middle of the summer, a huge collapse for this bullpen is coming. There'll be some sort of dagger of an injury that is a real bummer to this team. But this is a group of guys overall that I think ultimately are going to allow this team to compete 
They're showing positive signs in spring. They're showing reason to believe that we should have faith in this team as they enter the regular season. And I don't think that's an unrealistic expectation to have. More of the Locked on Phillies podcast coming right up. But first, I want to tell you about my friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, the NHL, and now baseball with spring training are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that promo code is L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you will get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I also want to tell you about my friends at Built Bar. Of course, Built Bar, we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now here at Locked On. Well, Built Bar is an amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find which find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup that we have going on here, it's salted caramel against cookie dough chunk. I personally you know, tend to side with the cookie dough chunk. But let, yeah, let your opinion be heard. Go to Twitter, go to BuiltBar.com, cast your vote today. We are down to the round of the enticing eight. It's getting heated there in Built Bar Madness, so make sure to have your voice heard. Go to BuiltBar.com, go to at bar underscore built on Twitter to vote, and to get your next order of Built Bars. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Again, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. More Locked On Phillies coming right up, but want to remind you next Wednesday, March 24th, the Locked On MLB podcast begins one of our biggest events of the year, the Locked On MLB Division Preview Series. All of our local experts in every MLB market answer the biggest questions around each team. Follow Locked On MLB on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. A few more things I wanted to hear before I wrap up today's program. Uh, Two things. Uh, Number one, I'll start with center field just because I think it's been one of the most talked about, one of the biggest storylines in camp thus far is who is going to be the opening day center fielder. I think Tim Kelly, if you had a chance to listen to my interview uh, with him yesterday or on uh, Wednesday, rather, it was at this point. Um, I think he actually had a fairly good point, uh, which is that, look, just because someone opens up as the opening day center fielder does not mean they have a solidified role. Maybe Odubel Herrera isn't starting day one, but he ultimately gets the most amount of starts in center field. The fact that Adam Hazley is injured right now in camp doesn't bode well for him starting in early April. But this could very well be a revolving door, and just because we have a lineup opening day on April 1st, 4.05 against the Atlanta Braves, whoever's standing in center field that day it might not be standing there that well they have an off day on Friday, but the next game or the game after that, it could be 
a fluid situation where you constantly prove yourself. And ultimately, it's probably what it should be. Of course, there's a lot of debate that we've I've touched on a number of times on this very podcast about Odubel Herrera, but they are giving him a chance to play right now in camp. And frankly, of the options they have in center field, if you're looking at pure baseball ability, I would say is probably the most reliable one. Scott Kingery, guy who did not look good at the plate at all last year, continuing his struggles into spring this year. Again, Adam Hazley is injured, was playing well, but got injured, so you don't really get to look at live at-bats of him right now. I don't think Roman Quinn is ultimately an everyday center fielder. Again, I view him more as a bench guy. Mickey Moniak, if you have faith in him, I know there's some people who want him to play, others who don't. He's looked pretty good in spring. In 18 at-bats, he's mustered together six hits, a pair of home runs. Odubel Herrera in 26 at-bats, seven hits, three home runs. That leads the entire organization in home runs this spring. There are questions about whether he would come back in baseball shape, whether he was mature enough to return to the diamond, whether he would earn the forgiveness of his teammates. Some want him there. Some have taken stances that you probably get the sense they don't want him there. Nevertheless, they're giving him the chance right now. It's being judged based upon baseball ability. Ultimately, at the very least, I think he's on the roster opening day. And ultimately, I think if he continues to play well, we're going on a small sample size with everything right here. I can only work with what we have in front of me, what I've been able to see on TV and just about two and a half weeks worth of spring training games down in Florida. But if you're basing it off that, and that's what we have to go for opening day in the first few weeks of the season until we start seeing at-bats against big league arms for an entire game and guys playing entire games and games that count for real in the standings, I think he's definitely going to be in consideration. And if I had to bet right now, I'd say he's the most likely candidate to get the majority of the starts in the early going of the season, at least until Hazley comes back and can kind of fend for himself more evenly in that fight. Also wanted to hit on some injury stuff with regards to how this is going to shake up the opening day lineup. Uh, Joe Girardi saying two injuries to the pitching staff, Spencer Howard and more specifically Zach Eflin, that they're, uh, I believe the direct quote was that their back flared up, which also spoke to Tim Kelly on this yesterday briefly. The hope is that it's not too serious. Uh, you never know with these things. And I was actually reading an interesting article, uh, if you wanted to check that out, about why the mechanics of Zach Eflin actually could specifically lead to this kind of thing. Now, I'm not a doctor or you know an analyst as to what causes injuries or not, especially when it comes to professional athletes and their back, so to speak. Uh, anything but a chiropractor over here. But I do find it interesting that they're running into this problem now. They don't seem to be too concerned, but it is something to monitor, as I've said it time in and time out. They need a guy like Zach Eflin to be consistent throughout the course of the season. They need these starters to remain healthy, because if you don't, you're looking at moving Matt Moore up a spot in the rotation. Now, he's looked good this spring. I think he's a good, I think he can be, I should say, has the potential to be a good bounce back candidate as a number four. Definitely don't really don't want him as my number three. That means Chase moving Chase Anderson up. And again, that means moving Vince Velasquez back into the rotation. As far as what that means for Spencer Howard, I'm getting the sense there are some people who want him in the bullpen. I wouldn't mind seeing his innings managed that way, especially this season. 
ultimately, I think they're going to try and get him starts down in the minor leagues. If it's not early going, very short into the season, that's the sense I'm getting. And especially if there's any injury concerns or the guy who's had injury concerns in the past, I would place my money as of today on March 19th. And again, I'm speculating with a lot of incomplete information here that Spencer Howard will not be on the opening day roster. And if he is, he won't be, he certainly won't be in the starting rotation. He probably won't have a mainstay bullpen role. At some point, they will be cautious, try and work him back up, get his workload back up. They want, they ultimately view him as a starting pitcher, get him starts down in the minor leagues where basically baseball is returning for the first time since 2019. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast. If you want to follow the podcast at LO underscore Phillies on Twitter, you can also follow my personal account at Dan underscore Wilson for coming up later or next week. Actually, I will have an episode or I plan to have an episode with Kevin Franson, who of course is on the radio broadcast, former Philly himself. So look out for that until next time. Have a great weekend, everyone. I'll talk to you next week.